Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Retro Time Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Derek. What's up, Derek? How you doing, man? Living life, baby. Living life. Derek, remember last episode I talked about how it was shorts weather again, and I was really excited because I started wearing shorts? Yeah. And then it froze again. <laughs> now it's down in like the 30s. We went that weekend where I was wearing shorts, and we bought a bunch of plants, planted them, and uh, then guess what happened? My guess is they, <laughs> they died. died, Derek. Yeah. They died. I got they some died. basil, and I got some like herbs and stuff. Guess what? Mm. All dead. Anyway, and I'm getting, I'm still getting used to this weather up here in the Midwest, planting stuff. I'm not, I'm just not used it. to it. I hate to see just it. I'm not used to it. Anyway, how's your, how's your basketball stuff going though? You're doing all right? Oh, oh any, any, thanks any for updates? asking. Oh no, I'll win again. All right. <laughs> so this time, um, I'm playing with the guys. There's a new guy shows up. He's oh, like six, out. four, six, five. Oh, come on. I get to know him a little bit. We're playing. He comes at me. All right. Comes at me hard. He's dribbling. I knock the ball out of his hands. This Ooh, giant guy. And then he comes, I say, he comes at me again. Knock the ball out of his hands again. Then I look him dead in the eye and I say, come at me again. <laughs> I'm a little guy. And yeah. he comes at me again, knock the ball out again. Afterward, I realize what I had done. I go and talk to him and I say, I know what I did. Shouldn't have done it. I'm very sorry. And this isn't, this isn't great trash talking. Uh, what I'm yeah, doing right is, now. Yeah, clearly what you're doing is the opposite. I'm of doing the opposite of trash talking, but yeah. I know you're bigger than me. Uh-huh. And things that this could lead somewhere. So I'm just going to cut it off right here. But you know, I didn't mean <laughs> Oh, my God. It. And yep. you're doing okay. great. And, and so then afterwards, he gave now. me a hug. Oh, that's... Uh, the whole, after the whole thing. It was like, it was like right. one of those things where you're like, hey, bro. You know, not like a, come here, buddy. Um, but anyway, that's kind of how it went. Played good. <laughs> played well. Go. <laughs> Superman played good. All right. Good. Well, I think that's a great ending to that story. You guys hugged it out and everything. Yeah, good. it's now all love, baby. Spots. It's all love. There you go. You don't like him as much as me, but I guess you guys are good you're all friends. That's, That's true. Good. Yeah, it's not quite the same. <laughs> you never start a podcast with him. But no, you know, no, no, no. I they, wouldn't call it okay. love. But plus, know. he's you know he's not in the software, so it, it, it's never, true. it would never it's work true. out anyway. Right on. Uh, unless you start a basketball podcast, Eric. He's probably more into basketball. <laughs> to be honest than me, with you, I'm thinking about it. Um, <laughs> I'd start it with you it. though. Uh, yeah, just well, tell you sure. everything you wouldn't even that know. That would be actually about. a really funny pie, like a sports podcast with a dude who literally doesn't know anything about sports. <laughs> That'd be awesome. All right. Anyway. All right. So we got a good, an awesome guest today, Derek. We're just knocking out the park with these guests recently. I'm really excited. Uh, we've got Trevor Alexander on the show today. Uh, Trevor's been an active designer in the tech industry for over 16 years. And during that time, he's been a part of three successfully sold startups. That's awesome because I haven't sold a single startup there. Not one. <laughs> He sold three. Uh, he's had responsibilities ranging from a sole designer to design lead to VP of product design. He's had the pleasure of working with, hiring, and managing many designers during the course of his career. He's made amazing bonds with some, some great colleagues, mainly through uh, the actions prescribed in his writing. He's an author, by the way. We're going to talk about his book today, which I'm really excited about. Uh, and uh, fortuitously, he's never been asked to have a portfolio or resume uh, during his whole career which I think is pretty impressive, uh, as, as those colleagues were always eager to bring him along for their adventure. So uh, he's just finished writing a book titled An Ugly Design Career, which looks to provide some useful and unorthodox tactics for designers to help grow their careers, including design through ambiguity, the best isn't always the best, which I mm. love, uh, and developers get you more work than other designers, which I think is true. I've got a lot of freelancer you, Derek, and you're a developer. So <laughs> I think right. he's onto something. Anyway, Trevor, welcome to uh, the Retro Time Podcast. It is awesome to have you. How's it going? Not, 
going so great. I'll tell you this. So I'm 6'4", and I was playing basketball, and this little guy just kept knocking the ba- ball out of me. <laughs> and then he wants to hug afterwards. It was like, you! <laughs> oh. I knew it! What are the odds? <laughs> this little guy. I'm doing very well. Thanks so much for having me. So as I mentioned, you've got this book that's coming out, uh, The Ugly Design Career. And if I'm not mistaken, the tenant is that you, you don't necessarily have to um, you know, have the best resume, the best portfolio, and all this to get uh, a job as UX designer. And tell me about the book and, and kind of how it came about and all that stuff. So a couple of things sparked it. I mean, what I found really interesting listening to uh, your great show here is you recently had one episode is about how to join a team. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and all that unspoken soft yeah. level stuff, right? Around, of course, you are in that case with the software engineers. It's like, of course, you're great at software. You're very intelligent. Like you can produce great code. But what about the rest of it? And you guys are talking yeah. about things like, you know, playing the game for say, you know, how does this business make money? Like what's, what is the business? That type of soft stuff I wasn't seeing as much when mm-hmm. talking to other designers and trying them trying to figure out their careers. You know, it's much more about portfolio, like design, like how's this look in my portfolio? Like am I front page on dribble as opposed mm-hmm. to like, how can I help this person or how do I increase the business? So, you know, between that and I've had a real pleasure of being able to mentor a few designers and, you know, answer their questions, kind of try to try my best to help them out. And they would, you know, often say like that this stuff, I don't hear this stuff often enough. Like this stuff is really mm-hmm. interesting. It's kind of a different take. It's those soft things that aren't as focused upon. And when that kind of came about, it's like, let's try the hand. Let's see if I can get this down on paper. And lo and behold, this book came out. So what's what's the main thesis of the book? If you had to, to break it down for everybody listening out there, what's the main tenets? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about focusing on those, kind of like in the, the subtitle, those unorth- unorthodox tactics, you know, mm-hmm. to build a really unbreakable career. So as opposed to trying to have your entire career be relied upon about beautiful designs in one mm. portfolio or a killer resume, what would it mean like if instead you just had an awesome network, people who are constantly bringing mm. you along because you helped them so much, they want you to be there, like you're this idea factory that solves their problems for them. you know. And I think it's sort of breaking down some, I don't want to call them misconceptions, but just approaching design in a unique way to provide great value to other people so that you're constantly in demand of people bring you along on their mm. adventures. So get away from, look at my pretty portfolio, you should hire me. It's to instead being, never even having a front face, just people want to work with you, they bring you along. Your your reputation precedes you, Excellent. if you will. Great way to yeah. say it. Yeah, it, it's how, I mean, this is something too, Derek, I think like a lot of software engineers, I, I assume, are, are also really... F- focused on, you know, look at all this code I wrote, look at these things I've done. I'm thinking immediately about that one guy, and again, I'm not a software developer, but that guy who wrote some program or something, and Google uses it extensively, and he went to go apply to Google, and Google didn't hire him. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh my goodness. What was no, that guy? what was that? God, I can't, I, this is like going to drive me nuts. You it was know. Homebrew, Derek. Are you familiar with Homebrew? homebrew. Yeah, Homebrew. Yeah, I'm well, homebrew. the guy who wrote Homebrew, uh, he applied to Google, and Google rejected him. <laughs> That's funny. It, Max Howell, uh, I just looked it up. But with the two of you, for instance, like it, it's very similar where the, you know, Jeremy, if you'd gone to a different company and they were looking for a software architect like Derek, mm-hmm. it's like, I have the guy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And your influence inside that company would probably speed him through the interview process of even needing it. It's just like, oh, that's mm-hmm. the guy to bring. Yeah. You know, so kind of focus in because you've worked with him extensively and you know how great he is at 
his job and how it's going to mm-hmm. be such a boon to the company. It's like, yeah, focus on those relationships and those solutions so that, you know, don't not, it's not so much about the amazing Google plugin you built. Uh, but yeah, so what you're saying though, Trevor, it makes a lot of sense because this is something again, Derek, we just talked about this last episode with doc, you know, we'd rather have a group of, you know, people who work really well together, really great, nice, good people who mm. are decent at their craft versus a bunch of people who are really good at their craft and not <laughs> great people. Like, I, I I can't speak to this guy, Max. I've never met him. I don't know. The only reason I know about this is because he went and he posted a whole tirade about how he wrote this stuff and he deserved to work for Google. And again, I don't know the guy. I don't know the background behind this, but I just imagine, like, you know, somebody who wrote Homebrew who felt so entitled went out and he was like, I'm, I'm entitled. I should have, you know, I deserve to work here, blah, blah, blah. And they didn't want him. I wonder if there's some connection there. Like, it's not surprising that he went off and, like, posted all this stuff on social media trying to bash Google. Maybe that's one of the reasons why he didn't get the job in the first Could place. Be. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not, I you wasn't know, there. Funny you say that, Jeremy. We had an intern once, okay? Um, shall remain nameless even though he posted all this stuff. Sounds like a Max situation, okay? Mm-hmm. So he wasn't doing so great with his internship. All right? I thought he was a nice guy, but he'd always, he'd always do this thing, this weird thing where he'd get, feel awkward in a meeting and he'd kind of slink down in his chair, like melt out of his chair. It was very awkward. I could demonstrate mm-hmm. it for you. But our listeners won't really I, get the I, I full wasn't vibe. there. I remember you telling. You so remember he, like, telling the story. Melted into his chair. Like, he melted into his chair. Like <laughs> it was so very awkward. real. Like, he slid, slid down. Yeah. It's awkward. Chances anyway. are good. You know, it's funny though. I mean, this fits exactly what Trevor's saying though, because that guy, you're gonna remember that forever, and that's oh, going yeah. to be the oh. first thing. If that, He's if he ever, guy. if yeah. he ever Slinky came guy. back and applied at yeah. a job where you worked, would that be the first thing you said to somebody? No, let me because the next thing I'm about to tell you is the first thing I would okay. say. Oh, is this the guy that broke one the day? This is okay. the guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. this Sorry, is the guy. Ahead. So one day he decides he's going to try to sabotage not the whole company, the thing we valued most, which coffee. was our coffee machine. Co- of course, yeah. okay. We had this coffee machine, a one button press. Trevor, it was a one button press. Okay, Pretty grinded fresh Anything coffee. Anything you want. Beautiful. Uh, made lattes and had fresh milk. You put a gallon of milk in. And, oh yeah, oh, it was great. It's good stuff. So he goes replaces <laughs> the milk with. Gatorade. Broke no. There's no yeah. Breaks no. the machine. He ruins the machine. Ruined it for everybody. And um, they took the machine away. They did oh not give God. us a new machine. In the age before TikTok, somebody did oh. that? Yeah. <laughs> this was yes. years ago. This was... He couldn't even get anything out of it. Six years ago. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, but tying that back to the... I think what Trevor's talking about is your reputation precedes you, good or bad. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? That's where I was going with that. Total max situation. Yeah, yeah. So is that is that sort of your the tenant though of your, of your thesis here, Trevor? Is that your 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 reputation precedes you? And what's interesting is I think you're you're looking at this whole thing from the perspective of the positive. <laughs> but there's the thing I think to keep in mind out there, everybody listening, is that the negative also follows you around. You know, good reputation mm-hmm. makes it very easy for you to get a job. Bad yeah. reputation makes it very hard for you to get yeah. a job. Is that? Yeah, I, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I. I oh. You you basically did like the I'm not kidding you. I have a line in the book: a B player that everybody adores will always get more jobs than the A player that everyone hates. Yep, interesting. Yep. You know, like unless and that, there's one part in the book I that I talk that. about the portfolio, and I, I think you guys would agree. Like unless you're in the absolute top five percent of your field, five to ten percent, mm-hmm. you can't be a jackass. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because <laughs> you because know, because if a lot of people are competent, a lot of people are good, and a lot of people. You want to be there during the late night push where you just got to get something out. Let's band together as, you know, mm-hmm. brothers and friends in a group. So, like, unless you are just the absolute 
top, 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 top person, like you've got to have some decorum and, you know, create that camaraderie and that reputation with people to know yeah. that like, this is the person I want sitting beside me when it all goes squirrely. When the, mm-hmm. when that guy puts Gatorade in the coffee machine, this is the guy I want to fight him for with me. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. You, you, you nailed it absolutely on the head. It's about build a design career around your reputation and mm-hmm. the memories you have of people as opposed to how beautiful a portfolio is and put that as a focus. I love it. All right. So as as you're a designer and let's say you're a fresh designer, you're coming out of school, Those, that's sort of a little different because you don't have that reputation and you're still sort of building it. Do you have any advice for those people who are maybe coming from, you know, out of school or even maybe career transitioners or somebody who's who's coming into software, either UX or software design um, or software engineering, um, who, who doesn't have that history experience Mm. what are some thoughts around that can you speak to that a little bit yeah for sure i think it'd really be about creating it i mean there's Mm. especially when you're fresh and you're young out of it it's about producing as much as possible so for the software engineer what is your hobby project do you have a beer website or a beer app that you produced do you have um cigar rating do you have you know whatever are you contributing to an open source thing like you can there's nothing stopping you from producing awesome work and mm-hmm. turning that into case studies to show what you have. And the same mm-hmm. thing with designers too. It's, you know, there's nothing stopping you from mimicking some dribble stuff. There's some great stuff too. I, I know, for instance, there's like 100 days of code mm-hmm. that you can follow where you're producing work like every other day and you have a project. Same thing for design. Yep. Uh, 100's day of design, you just continually put some stuff out. Like create that basis of it. And mm-hmm. especially when you're fresh in your career, if, if you're fortunate enough to be kind of young and unencumbered, I think there's some great opportunity to just do some free work. And it's not free work in the sense of let yourself be taken advantage of, Right. to be very clear. You know, this is free work. Uh, my friend needed a website. My uh, There's a great charity that could use uh, mm-hmm. logo design, you know, X, Y, and Z. So, that, and even more than just the body of work for the portfolio, it's about that connection with that person. You know, one of my favorite things for freelancers when they're getting in design, if you're building websites or designing websites, it was always, okay, I'll, I'll do this website for you for free, but I need you to find me two references afterwards. Like mm. I want two other pieces of work because you're in business. You probably know some other people. Bring those in. That's a great And idea. you don't tell them that yours was free. Yeah, that's a brilliant right. idea. Oh. I love, I've never right? thought so of that. So they're just angles. On, and then, of course, like it's unless you do a good job, they're not going to follow through with that. So like it just really right. propels you to like make sure that their experience is just fantastic. They're super happy with you. You don't end up on uh, Clients from Hell, the old Twitter. That, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was mentioning how awful it was. You know, I, I think it's put out the work, get out and free. There's uh, opportunities to really showcase what it is and be active about it. would be, yeah. I think, a great way to start. That is actually a really brilliant idea. Getting uh, make the the payment for your work or referrals. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's yeah. a that's a brilliant yeah. idea. I never thought yeah. of that, Derek. It's a great way to look Derek, at we it. should do that. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> you know, people, people come on actually, the show. Uh, like, uh, interview's over. We yeah. gotta go. <laughs> yeah. uh, people come on the show. Like we'll only let you on this show. This this uh, incredibly popular show that everybody wants to be a guest on. If uh, if you leave a five star. <laughs> four people about the show. The, ne- the next four funny. people I tell, it's like, uh, look, they charged me like a thousand dollars to be on the show. <laughs> best money I ever spent. There you go. I love we'll it. only charge you 200 yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we charge you five thousand, and we'll do it for you right. for a six pack of beer uh so that's a brilliant I, I love that though but but that's a really great way to also you know not just again um build up your portfolio of work but to build up i guess i don't know what you might call this but your portfolio of brand reputation i don't know yourself mm-hmm. your personal yep. brand reputation is that a thing? I don't know if I'm just maybe I'm going that you're welcome to use that. Uh, but well, that you're top of mind, right? Yeah. Like they they remember that. It's I think Maya Angelou says like the 
they'll never forget what they'll always forget what you said they'll never forget how you made them feel mm-hmm. mm. so yeah if you're doing that amazing work for those people and they leave and like that guy's awesome yeah like that was really great he really helped me out anytime the rest of their life the entire anytime they ever come back and say so do you know anyone who does x y and z i got i got yeah. the guy i got the perfect person yeah do they have a portfolio? No, but like, yeah. let me, let me yeah. connect them for you. Well, see what we can do. You know, it's funny. This is actually something I, I know we, we mentioned this in the podcast before, Derek, but um, Jared Spool, who I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with, a lot of UXers Absolutely. out there are probably familiar. If you aren't familiar, Jared Spool, awesome man. Go go find him online. He's on Twitter. He tweets mm-hmm. all the time. He's got uh, free courses for UX designers to go learn about all stuff, and he's been doing this for just forever. But one of the things he says that's very controversial uh, is that um, UX designers the, or the best UX designers don't have portfolios because – you know, they're just too busy or they don't, ha- they don't need it, you know? Um, and wow. I think- the, He says that? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I mean, the idea is not that like a, a portfolio is a waste, but just the idea mm-hmm. that like the best designers are so busy with work and doing actual things that they just don't have time to constantly update their portfolio mm-hmm. all the time. Right. And I think like, I don't know if it's exactly what you're talking about, but I think he, what he's getting at is that those best designers- they don't need to update their portfolio, you know, like they're mm-hmm. not updating it because they don't have to, mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah. um, you know, they're, they've got other offers coming in. And so why update your portfolio? Yeah, no, and I think it's and I think it's true. I think uh, I think Derek, you'd agree. But I mean, for the best developers, too, I don't know that they have to have that much of an up to date CV to show mm-hmm. like everything that they've been doing as opposed to people vouching for it they're just so busy with work mm-hmm. constant like influx of work that who has time to build my portfolio for the fourth time or a in a dev's case uh i don't be updating github or um, just cvs but i imagine it's uh parallel with that too no it can be yeah I, i'd say for sure you know it's it's the thing that tips me off in an interview well if somebody's going to be a fit on my team is rarely some item in their portfolio however if they're cool and they're nice and they're kind in the interview and they're listening Mm -hmm. you know and we're having a good conversation then it becomes like almost like icing on the cake and then you start to really you want to analyze it because this is a person that i could really find myself working with and it kind of it can really color your it color that opportunity to bring that person on I, i just that's kind of how i see it i've seen it work out that's a oh that's an excellent way to phrase it too so the that come yeah because you can you can train nice you can't change jackass like the yeah. that way to put it yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you know something else you know, something else too and a lot of advice we give is nuanced mm-hmm. because yep. and they're all always like oh but but in this situation make mm-hmm. sure you do this this way there's some advice though my favorite advice is the kind of advice that has very little chance for like a caveat situation like don't be an <laughs> asshole <laughs> Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like, you're you like could, don't you be could an argue, asshole, except, for that, yeah, that never except for that one situation. You could argue there are situations <laughs> where having a more aggressive approach may be the right thing to do. But I don't think it's ever a good idea to be an asshole because you uh, you run the risk of altering relationships forever if you do that. Someone was an asshole to me on my team. And, and still to this day, even though I'm working on making sure like maybe they were just in a place that day. Don't make someone have to work to like you again. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that's just like, why would, would you, why would you put somebody in that situation? So it's like yeah. that's what I love about the kind of advice that you are giving. Mm-hmm. A lot of it isn't like, but in this situation, you know, oh, don't ignore it. You know, it's like yeah. 
this is i think it's good advice always comes that way yeah i think that and it's not like i can't i would never try to say like anything i've written about is incredibly original you'll never hear about it mm-hmm. i mean accidentally copped one of his things because there's some universal troops that i think we can kind of all tap into that mm-hmm. whatever whatever your career whatever your type of job description there's a certain ways to approach things that are going to end up good it's just how humans act yeah i i yeah. actually have a talk that i've i've done in the past but it's about building better relationships and you know it was just like these are so obvious but why if it's so obvious why do so many people not do it you know, mm-hmm. like building better relationships and making sure you're going out of your way to like being the designer that that your team actually enjoys working with. There are so many UXers that I've worked with, software engineers too, that are wonderful, brilliant software engineers or designers, and they are goddamn awful. Like they are just they. Every time I talk to them, I'm just like, I hate having conversations with you. I would rather be doing anything else. Um, And how does that make building software easy? It's already so complex. There's Mm. so many things that can go wrong. Let's not make dealing and having a talk and conversation the hardest thing we have to do today. (laughs) You know? Um, So anyway, this sort of leads me into into this next question I have for you, Trevor, which is all these things we talked about in building your reputation, Mm. you, if you, you know, I don't think you're you're not advocating not having a portfolio or not having a resume. No. But if you don't have those things, what do you replace them with? Hmm. Is there something that you would leave behind or something that, you know, what are you doing to, in place of these yeah. things? Yeah. So you, you talk about like I mean, first getting jobs or as you're kind of like in some roles and you're building the career. Oh, we got time. Let's talk for, about both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I think for, the, for those without... Um, again, I think it would be about serving, like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're first working with somebody and you can put a little bit of work, extra work and put extra bit of effort into them to show that you're serious, to show that you're helpful. Uh, even if you didn't have the banger portfolio, it's like, this guy's hungry. This guy's empathetic. Mm-hmm. He's kind. Like, I, this is good. Let's kind of roll with this guy and give it a chance. Um, you know, it's obviously the free work that I mentioned for kind of building that stuff up. You know, I think when you're in the role... One of my favorite ones, and I've, I've said this to, I've had some interviews and conversations with designers and even uh, uh, developers that I was managing. And it, it's the old Steve Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective mm-hmm. People, but specifically Circle of Influence. Okay. Where it's the, I don't know if you're familiar with that then at all. Yeah, yeah I've, uh, you know, we've um, mm-hmm. had a couple of guests so I mentioned it. I've never read, it's a book. I've never read the book. Yeah, but, yeah. It, it's a hard book. Honestly, find a find, um, find a summary of it. It's <laughs> very it's, it's very thick to get okay. through. Like you, it's one of those books where it's like, here's an idea, and here's 18 stories about that idea, mm-hmm. and by, by the middle midway of the first story, you're like, I yeah, get, I get it. it, I get I, it, I got it. We're good, please. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the one I really like that I really espouse to other people is Circle of Influence. So it's about focusing on what you have control of. So there's like two circles and the one in the center is what you can control and outside of it's what you can't. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, you know, in conversation with devs, another thing they'd be, I want to be a manager. I want to be a senior. I want to have more decision-making capabilities. And you say to them, it's like, okay, you, you have no control over that. And you're just kind of shaking your fist at the cloud, hoping to get it as opposed to, and by the way, the, the thing you were supposed to deploy last week broke. Mm-hmm. So at the same time that you're yelling at us about, I want more responsibilities, your current responsibilities are failing. Like, the, you see mm-hmm. the dichotomy there where it's like you need to, anything you do have control over, like you, 
go out to the nth degree to just kill it. So it's amazing. Mm -hmm. People remember it. And by doing so, like that circle of influence, by focusing on the circle of influence of what you do have control, slowly grows until next thing you know, like the being a senior, which was out of the circle before, is now been encompassed. Because like, well, of course you're a senior. Everything you touch under your control is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, so as opposed to from a coder's point of view, it's just like nailing everything, listening, like checking off all the boxes, like thinking through solutions, thinking about how the business might profit from it. From a designer, it's going the extra mile, make sure the handoff is really great, making sure it's done to the nines, going extra distance. And so as opposed to, I'll just keep pumping up a more beautiful portfolio or a better resume mm -hmm. and like outwardly stuff where I'll put together this blog post that'll be wonderful. Like just the clients you have, the coworkers you're with, focus on just killing it with mm -hmm. them so that focusing on what you control to grow it. Yeah. I think it's a really great way to grow the career. Yeah. So in in this, and, and again, I, I know you're not talking about not having these things. I, I'm just wondering if like, uh, what's your thoughts on if you, you don't plan to have this updated resume or updated portfolio and all these other things, do you find that having, you know, brand, like a presence online mm -hmm. or on social circles, and, and I don't mean necessarily just like mm -hmm. Twitter or TikTok, but communities, online communities, I guess is the word I'm looking for, um, being known for something there, is that the kind of thing that you think is helpful or or hmm. is it not as helpful because those, those, those are other designers they're not going to actually get you work necessarily <laughs> I, i'm just curious what you think that's a good um, point honestly you two might be able to speak to it a bit better than my, myself uh, I've, I've tended to i've not been very front-facing on social mm -hmm. so that what and i'd want to be careful in poo-pooing it necessarily because I, I just haven't mm -hmm. operated in that realm so i, I don't want to sit here and state emphatically like oh i don't worry about social because mm -hmm. I, I think that's certainly a great avenue and there's probably some good uh, showcases for it on, on Twitter, especially you'll see some people who are building in public and they're bringing people along for their failures and successes. And here's how I built it. And it's this big, interesting story. Mm -hmm. They get a big following. Someone within there likely would want to work with mm -hmm. you, especially if yeah. then you have all the great attributes like being nice, easy to work with. I could certainly see that, yeah. uh, but, but couldn't speak to it too much myself. What I'd see for me, it was, it was really about it. I am sounding a bit like a broken record, but it is just Re recognizing that every coworker and client is potential rocket fuel for your mm -hmm. career. Yeah. Like, like every interaction, you know, and if you treat each one as precious like yeah. that, where it's like, you might, this is, you want me to design a logo, very tiny little bit of work. I don't know if it's going to go anything. You're a bakery in some tiny town, but who knows like who they know, like, like fourth or third magnitude of like connections, like who know where, who knows where that would mm -hmm. go. So just the utmost focus on, the work that you're doing and how to like provide so much value to them that it carries on and it echoes through and just keeps finding yeah. it. I'm coming from like, I grew up with social and that like Twitter launched while I had started my career. Mm -hmm. So like I'm of the age, but just never really integrate with it. I think in a new modern age, having some sort of presence as far as like a really great GitHub depot, if you are a developer, having some online experiences for sure to kind of show like, here's some cool things I'm thinking of, especially maybe a blog. If you want to kind of write about what you're thinking or some like interesting takes it can certainly be helpful. I don't think there's gonna be any hindrance there unless it's especially at least, at least positive. I think we, I can tie that nicely to the rant that you had previously mentioned. Mm -hmm. You can imagine putting publicly airing dirty laundry about a previous work experience you had. Well, this is why this company is a bunch of jackass. Mm -hmm. I hate these people. And now I'm going to try to hire you Right. Are you going to do I this go to me? To your website, I'm like, <laughs> I see. So this is how you treat previous yeah. 
employer. Yeah, what if it doesn't work out between us. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, right. I think you'd get across the positivity. Yeah, you know, I think as we're on. talking about this, one of the things I was just thinking, I think it's about, uh, it's really about understanding your audience, right? And what do you, what are you mm. trying to do with your career? Because like you said, those if you build up a really strong reputation on something like Twitter, TikTok, whatever, Behance, it doesn't matter. Your audience there mm. is mostly going to be probably designers and you're competing with those designers for other jobs and work, right? So it all depends on mm-hmm. what you're trying to do. Now, if, if your goal is to sell a book, sell a service, sell a class, uh, sell a Udemy course, something like that, sell a podcast, um, then in that case, that is probably your best bet for, you know, clearly in that case, your, your portfolio doesn't necessarily matter, although those designers might expect a higher level of uh, design, but whatever. <laughs> They're probably, probably not critiquing your, your case studies, though, right? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe your brand itself and identity and maybe you're important. But anyway, you're, you're, I think as I'm thinking through this, I guess I'm thinking out loud now, but the, it's all about your mm-hmm. audience, right? So maybe... I think what what you what might work though is like if you are a designer and you are in the construction industry or something and you want other construction mm-hmm. clients, you go out and you become this sort of thought leader and whatever, and you know you're essentially doing marketing at that point, I guess. But uh, you know you're you're trying to find these other uh, these other construction companies to also work with or whatever. So you know go where mm-hmm. your audience is, I guess, right? Go where you want the work, find them there. No, absolutely, and I think I think there is some opportunity that what I'm trying to say with the like becoming a thought leader. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the pull of social media, yeah. right? It's like I am, I'm the speaker at the event. I'm the thought leader. I'm the influencer on YouTube and Instagram, whatever else. And accord, like I drive all of my content and my output accordingly mm-hmm. to try to become that, as opposed to like for construction companies. Again, just like when the when you do the work for a construction company, just nailing it, asking for referrals, like continually sorting it out, so that. And again, I don't, I don't want to bash any path. Becoming known for your words, your interesting ideas, helping people is fantastic. Like if you have a Udemy mm-hmm. course or, God forbid, a book, yeah. then <laughs> Bob, Bob, <laughs> Bob's That's your uncle. But the, uh, yeah, that, I think just continually focusing on the value and helping people in a really meaningful yeah, way. Cool. You know, I was just thinking too, just this other idea though, of, of where I think your mm-hmm. reputation is really important would probably be in a very large company. So like place mm. like where Derek and I work, mm. for instance, our, our org, just our org, not the company, is like a thousand people. Yeah. And so that's a big wow. company. <laughs> like there's a, there's thousands of other people outside of our org. Pray um, for us. And so in that case, you know, <laughs> what's interesting is that when you work in that environment, your, rep, your, mm. your portfolio is irrelevant. <laughs> really, it's all about how much people like working with you. Because in that case, like they're going to talk about you. Oh, they get worked on. Oh, we have we have like this trust in him because we have these other colleagues who can vouch for them and, oh, look at these things they've completed mm-hmm. and stuff. And so writing a case study about that thing is not going to get you a, another role within that org. And I think like a lot of people, you know, they, they, they poo-poo big companies. I, I personally enjoy it uh, for me myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's there's this opportunity in those scenarios to really do almost exactly what you're talking about for those other executives and all those other things and, and you know, Derek and I do this silly thing in our in our office where we do we call it makers on teams drinking coffee. And so we just go around and we like we literally do like a, a podcast essentially where we just talk to wow. 30 minutes. We just talk to random people in our org. And again, it's like a thousand people. Uh, we make this joke that like, you know, we're on a mission to meet everybody in the team and there's like a thousand people. So we're going to have, we're going to be doing this for like we'll 10 be there years. By like, yeah. um, but yeah. you know, that kind of thing, episodes. we post it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, we post it and, and stuff. And 
I think it shows that, like, you know, again, we're just that networking and we're trying to get it out there. And that's the kind of stuff that, again, your reputation precedes you and people like, oh, yeah, I saw mm-hmm. that thing you posted on Yammer or whatever, you know, because we use yeah. Yammer at work. <laughs> it's like our LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I yeah. like the, from your, if I, could, if I could just spin on that a bit, because like the one episode I was listening to where you're talking about the game, like I, I adored, you mentioned that you put together envision boards to walk through new people mm-hmm. about how the business actually operates and these are who these people mm-hmm. are. This is how the business makes mm-hmm. money. This is, you know, the, these are the these are the stakeholders. Like this is how things operate. Like that type of soft skill is so fantastic for a career. So, you know, coming into a big org, you maybe think you can't make mm-hmm. a big dent. There's so many people here and like there's so much hierarchy. I don't know if I can do it. But by following the type of stuff you guys said in that episode around the, understand like how this thing actually operates that you can be effective and then going out and proving value to all those stakeholders like that's a great a huge way as Mm -hmm. you said like to build that reputation all of a sudden as opposed to having to bang on the door to try to get something through you get these invitations like hey look last time you're here like it was really great to you had some really cool ideas why don't you come join the meeting next thing you know like you're Start well, exactly. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that I think is like interesting about the big orgs. It's it's much and Derek, I'm mm-hmm. curious what you think here. It's much like mm-hmm. real life, like not that it's not real life, but it's much like the real world, the the larger, <laughs> quote unquote, real world. Yeah. Like the show. <laughs> um, like, you, know, you got Paco, you got those other. Guys. Anyway, so, uh, you know, it's a lot like that, but it's just like a microcosm of it. And so you have the same effect on those executives, much like you would somebody like people who you're trying to sell a, a new product to or trying to get hired on as like a designer or whatever. Um, and you can do mm-hmm. those same kinds of things and, and have a, a large effect. You know, often like in big orgs, people lament that they don't get seats at the table. UX designers or software, we're just mm-hmm. told what to do and we don't get to help solve problems. And as you become more mm-hmm. known for this kind of thing, you know, being creative, being thinking outside the box, whatever it is, you know, because really this thing we're talking about with makers on Teams Drinking Coffee, we are solving a problem. The problem is that we have a thousand people and nobody knows anybody else. And by doing this stupid little thing, what we're able to do is go and meet a few people at a time, ask them silly questions, get to know their background, nothing about work, post it on a channel and hundreds of people can probably see it, which is a small percentage of the thousand, but it's still a hundred more people that knew that person that didn't. And especially yeah, yeah. with us, we've got teams in India and Detroit and Cincinnati and, and literally all over the world. And so we're solving a problem, right? And so in that case, those executives see that we have a problem with retention. We have a problem with um, people sharing ideas. We have a problem with silos. And this is like breaking down those things. It is problem solving and it's stupid and it's silly and it's funny. Um, and we do some dumb stuff, but it makes it feel more like a community right and it brings those thousands of people together what i'm getting at is you're 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 showing those executives that you're solving a problem in a in a, in a, in a creative way mm-hmm. and guess what when they have a big real problem to solve where we need to save billions of dollars or we need to do this who are they going to think about that they're going to think about the people who are thinking outside the box and so mm-hmm. it's much like in the real world right you can go and post to twitter and youtube and do the same kind of things um so it's like i said kind of like a microcosm so I don't know. I'm kind of going off off on a tangent, but it's the idea, no, same kind uh, of stuff you're talking about. We don't need a resume and a portfolio because we have those sort of things that are out there in the ether for people to see. Yeah. And if you think about like, what, what can I do to uh, create a better network, a tighter network? And okay, as a designer or an engineer, it's, I can only produce so much work. Like I got to work within the cogs here to get things going. 
okay, what what if I did this kind of extra podcast that would help mm-hmm. the business? And, and it's really th- and it's the place of that is also excellent because it's not. I would like to create a podcast so that I become the next Joe Rogan and I'll make mm-hmm. a lot of money. Like you're thinking of it as this is fun to do, this is interesting, and it helps the business. Like we have, honestly, like if, from a true leadership kind of standpoint, you're thinking like we have a challenge of retention and knowing the other people, creating a sense of community, being so dispersed and being so many. How on earth could we possibly do it? So, hey, what if we did mm-hmm. a podcast? So it's this creative solution within your control that helps the business phenomenal. Like, And that's absolutely within the control and something you can do. So I think that type of ambition is an awesome lesson in creative ways that you can get mm-hmm. your name out there, like to be known to more and to help while helping, like while truthfully helping someone else before. Right. What it made me think about too is like one of the, one of my favorite things to mention is to, so we're talking about getting into meetings and how to become, you mentioned being a known as a problem solver. And one thing that I find a lot, um, both with uh, software engineers and designers is they'll tend to use their intelligence as a, a stopper. So someone will come with them with someone come, they finally get into one of those meetings and they come with an idea. And there's almost this kind of natural impetus to like throw up all the flags of why it's wrong. It's like, Oh, well, we got to think about this. What, oh, hold on. What about that? Well, what's the use case? Like what, they'll throw up all these speed bumps into the process. And one thing I, I do try to talk about a lot is like fight through amb- ambiguity and don't let little details get in the way of mm. the big picture. Mm-hmm. Be- because becoming like we can, we're smart, capable people. We can solve a lot of these things. Let's take a leap of faith and assume that. And let's ideate on what, c- what could be possible. What if we built a new Uber? Okay, I can I can tell you 50 reasons why that's a bad idea. But yeah. let's talk it out. Like, what, what could right. we do? And A, it's, it's a lot more fun. But I, I find that type of getting out of your own way to, to be a facilitator through your creativity and intelligence for that type of ideation, that brainstorming sessions means you get brought into yeah. a lot more ideation and brainstorming yeah. sessions. Cause it's like, this guy is willing to fight through it and kind of figure out some creative stuff. So, you know, it's one of those smaller parts where don't, don't allow your intelligence to stop yourself. Like just take some leaps of faith, be there in good conscious and like yeah, see what you absolutely, can do. Absolutely, man. So I think like if I could sum up this whole conversation in a few words and please correct me if I'm wrong, it's, it's, it's not that you don't need a portfolio or a resume or it's not that you shouldn't mm-hmm. try to have a portfolio or case studies or resume or something like that. It's that those things aren't nearly as important as the other stuff, like the soft skills, the reputation, how you treat people, the the, the network that you've mm. built, the, the the relationships that you've built over time, and those things will help you much more than just focusing on your resume or your portfolio alone. Will is that an accurate summation of our conversation today? <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it. Hashtag Thousand percent. It. Very, very, very <laughs> it was as perfect oh. as that hat up on that door behind <laughs> you. Kids got me this. Yeah. Uh, just grab it and give it a quick this, tip. Uh, That's a good job. Yeah. This is my beach hat. Um, I know everybody out there can't see it. It doesn't fit on me with the headphones. <laughs> it's okay. Let me describe <laughs> it's it. Like it's a, kind of a. Um, what would you call that? What would like you call Panama that? Kind of, is that a it's like a straw no, hat. It's a Panama Jack. Straw. Straw hat. Okay, it's a straw hat. It's got a little silvery. Beach Walmart. My favorite. The only time I go to Walmart is when I'm at the beach. The beach Walmarts. Oh, it's perfect. And yeah, it's just a little Panama Jack hat. It's great, man. That's got to be painful to have around. Yeah, the it is. Cold, I look at it and I'm like, God I'm, damn it! I used to live four hours from the beach, and now I'm two days drive. Ugh. Where, where have <laughs> I gone <laughs> wrong? What have I done with my life? So speaking of Panama Jack, speaking of Panama Jack, I had an idea 
uh, based off of what um, Trevor was saying earlier. It's not really an idea. It's something that uh, a friend of mine, a uh, friend of the show, Matthew Landry, he and I used to talk about a lot. And it's, it's the idea of approaching a problem. All right. Mm. So you were talking about approaching a problem and, and your spirit, your whole being is there to solve that problem regardless of what tools you have available to you right now. And we found that there are people who look at the tools and say, what can we build mm-hmm. with these tools? Rather than what you were suggesting where you kind of look at the problem and say, there's got to be a way. Hmm. And you just kind of you just kind of sit back. There's got to be a way to do this. Yeah. I know there's a way. And I know we don't have it right now. And every single time that mm. I've done that, I've solved the problem. Nice. Every single time. And it, it, and it wasn't easy a lot of times. Sometimes it was like, you know, but you have to abstract it. You have to pull it apart. All those techniques, those problem-solving techniques come into play. Mm. But you can't just always look at what you have. And especially mm. in an environment where politics is part of the tool set, it becomes very difficult to let yourself say, that's just a tool. The problem's different, so mm-hmm. it just jumped in my head. It was a uh, yeah. revelation in a way. Yeah, no, I think I put that as um, tenacity over ah, talent. I love it. So yeah. the 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 really the really intelligent well person, like they, well, sometimes as opposed to the person that just persists and persists mm-hmm. and keeps going, and even asks the question, like, what if I had to do this? You know what I mean? What if I was going to lose everything in a couple weeks if I didn't get this done? What what could it look like? And, you know, I've, I've often used an example of like a website for someone who's never built a website before. I'm like, what if you had to get it online tomorrow? Okay, like the f- first step, uh, I'm just going to take an image and put host it somewhere there. Non-clickable image. Great. Technically a website. You've done it. Okay. Can I maybe add some, some HTML to it and start to build it out? Oh, okay. Could I, be, you know, and then start to put it up. But if you kind of put that line in the sand of like for the purpose of ideation and seeing what's possible... What if you had to do it? Like, mm. Could could you not come up with something? And I think when you kind of bring that energy into it, yeah. along with like other people that, and this is the benefit of having a group that you trust and like, like what what can't you do really? Mm-hmm. If you have a bunch of people in a room sitting back mm. and saying, "I know we can do it," there's got to be a way. When I have like Amazing. three people in a room that are doing that, and I'm looking at them all thinking, and then one of them's like, "It's a tree structure," or it's like sometimes like it's like it's like what if it's like a quad tree or like, you know, some mm-hmm. weird concept and then they go up and draw it on the board. We solved a problem mm-hmm. for supply chain for one of our businesses by doing that. Just wow. sitting and looking at a blank board, knowing what knowing. But the thing is, is you can't solve problems yeah. without knowing what the problem is. It's true. <laughs> and a lot of That's times what start. we're given, what we're given is solutions to solve. And that is the trick. I think that that's to me, that's really a good thing to separate people, especially when you're interviewing them or talking to them is uh, can they really identify the problem? You know, because otherwise you're not your brain isn't in full form. If you're if you're just trying to solve solutions, solutions. nothing wrong with that. Except when it's all, all you get to do, then it's just right. <laughs> all right, Trevor. Well, uh, so yeah, awesome, right. man. So um, anything else? We got some stuff we want to uh, play a little game with you called this or that. But before we hop in, into that, anything else you want to add to this conversation that you feel like we didn't uh, we didn't touch on? Oh boy, uh, <laughs> I think we covered it a lot. I think the yeah, some of those big parts about like just not stopping ideation because you've come up with a mm-hmm. brilliant problem. You know, just 
coming at it honestly, yeah. being kind, caring. You know, like the, there's all those like it feels like it's kindergarten type yeah. stuff, but when rephrased and refocused on careers, like I think it can really take people sure. far. So they, you know, care, be kind, think hard. What, man, there, there's so many things. This is this, this yeah. is sort of silly, but there's so many things that you learn in kindergarten that I think people at work forget. <laughs> you know, like uh, I mean, yeah. seriously, like yeah. don't make everybody cry. Don't like you know. Don't like insult people. Don't like do you know? Don't steal, don't their, steal toys, their toys. You know, uh, share. Don't, yeah, share your stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't, yeah. don't brag. Don't. There's so don't many snitch. <laughs> there's so many things. Yeah. Say tattle. That's what they told me. Snitch. Um, Snitch, yeah. Oh, they told me snitch. Some of us snitches. Yeah, it's hard to rhyme. Tatt- <laughs> yeah. like, tattlers yeah. get rattlers. Yeah. Tattlers <laughs> get paddling. I don't know. But anyway, right. I, think it's, I think that's actually a really good okay with that the kindergarten stuff. It, it is like we just assume because we're adults, we don't need to do those things. There was some book or something I remember people talking about when I was a kid that everything you everything you ever need mm, to know you learned yeah. in kindergarten. It's like some 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 I can see that. I don't know some book like maybe it was like a self-help book or something. I was reading a book to my son the other day and it was... God, I wish I could bring the title because it's genius. Like, I almost wanted to read it on, like, put it and put it on Twitter because it's just, it was yeah. so great for careers and startups. But it was, there's a terrible mountain. I'll try to be quick. So, there's a terrible mountain and there's a raccoon that wants to climb it. And he goes to all the animals. It's like, hey, I think I'm going to climb it. They're like, oh, you can't climb that. No one's ever climbed that. Goes to the next animal, like, hey, I'm going to want to climb that. They're like, oh, you can't climb that. No one's ever climbed yeah. that. Does it, does it, does it. And eventually he's like, I'm going to climb it. He arrives and then all the animals of the forest, like, show up with him. It's like no one's no one themselves has ever climbed it, but us together, oh, yeah. let's do it. And they all did. And it all started with them. People, everyone said, "No, you can't do it." And he just asked, mm-hmm. "Why not?" And eventually, by coming all together, they're able to achieve it. It's like this. This is some business level, yeah, <laughs> business level stuff as far as a book. I guarantee, like someone's had a nine hundred page tome on the oh, same yeah. message that was right. so yeah, exactly. put for a oh, four-year-old man, that, that's great brilliant. yeah share that uh with us i'll put it i'll put the link in the show notes yeah, so you yeah, can send me that book. um all right so we've got uh, a little game we like to play called this or that where mm-hmm. we uh ask you a series of questions for a couple of minutes and you just the first thing that comes to the top of your head don't don't wait too long and i promise we won't judge you uh-huh. except for one <laughs> except for one if you listen to the show you know which one it is all right uh so are you ready let's do this all right set a timer here for two minutes all right, uh, dog or cat? Dog. All right, Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. All right, big teams or small teams? Small teams. All right, work from office or work from home? Work from home. All right, uh, let's see, uh, regular M&Ms or peanut M&Ms? Peanut M&Ms. This is what I like to ask all our, our designer guests. Pen or pencil? <laughs> pencil. Dot graph or plain paper? Dot graph. Dot graph. I love dot graph. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Twitter or TikTok? Twitter. All right. When you're presenting, do you like big crowds or small crowds? Small crowds. All right. Uh, Space Invaders or Pong? Pong. All right. Uh, let's see. Buttons or zippers? Zippers. All right. Do you like to make money or spend money? <laughs> make money. All right. Aisle or window seat? Window. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, I asked you pen or pencil. Never mind. Oh, I think I have these duplicated. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut this part. All right. Uh, whiteboard or chalkboard? Whiteboard. All right. What's worse, laundry or dishes? Dishes. All right. When you put your cups away, do you put them right side up or upside down? Right in, side up. In the pantry, in the in the, the thing. Right side up. Mm-hmm. All right. Good All right. Uh, this one's... I'm <laughs> judging every single answer. quickly turning into a job interview. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, all right. We'll, yeah, right. we'll get to the silly stuff. All right. Uh, couple of love or money? Best job interview ever. 
Love. All right. This one is really important. Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars. God, Derek. Damn it. Trevor, <laughs> you were one of our favorite guests up until this yeah, time. You don't. Know, blew it. You blew it. You right blew it. it. Yeah, no, no. You blew it. Oh, that's all right. All right. So I don't know if it, everybody out there, they probably <laughs> could have, could tell because of the boots. But um, you are from Canada. That's very so right. So we've got a series of uh, questions that we like to ask all our Canadian friends. <laughs> okay. Prom- I ready? promise I won't be insulted. <laughs> all right. Uh, hockey or football? <laughs> you, it's, hockey. He doesn't care. All right. Uh, oh, man. I should ask this one first. Well, well, we'll switch it around. All right. CFL or NFL? NFL. <laughs> NFL. Boring. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen a CFL game. but um, You're not missing much. I'm sure they're great. <laughs> is the CFL kind of like the, the minor leagues for the NFL? Not to insult it is. Canada, it's a, but I'm it's, actually it's not funky. sure. Like it, there's, there's just no, there's nowhere near the excitement or like state the stakes that exist in the NFL. Yeah, it's just it's like high school. It's just like oh, yeah. I don't know. you'll you'll get it You're next time, champ. High, high school <laughs> well, in the US is bigger than CFL in Canada. <laughs> the, in New Honestly. Orleans, where we're from, it definitely is like Friday night. It's actually yeah, on like the it's on TV at, in, uh, in in New Orleans. All right, uh, Canadian maple syrup or Vermont maple syrup? Oh, Canadian. All right, Newfoundland or Old Foundland. <laughs> Stupid question. <laughs> it's maple syrup. It's like asking yeah. my family or you're your like, your family. kids or my uh, kids. All right. So you're saying that's that's sorry. You know what? Yeah, it's right, an iterative exactly. show. Next time I want to ask that question. That's a stupid question. All right. Uh, so Newfoundland, you said Newfoundland, obviously, because Old Foundland's mm-hmm. made up. I made that up, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, all right. Last one. French or English? <laughs> English. English. All right. You French is more beautiful, sense, yeah. but not, although not Quebec or French, to be honest. Yeah. So French from France is beautiful. Quebec or French is. Capable. Mm. Yeah, we down in Louisiana, we have Cajun French, and it's. Okay. I would imagine it's sort of like that. Mm. It sounds very, very much not like <laughs> French. It sounds very much like, not like French if, French. If French, if French is beautiful, <laughs> if French is beautiful, Quebec is capable. I would call Cajun <laughs> yeah. French drunk. All right, and on that note, I think we're done. Uh, all right, so uh, Trevor, uh, when when is the book coming out? So the launch should be towards the end of May. Uh, I got it all written up. I'm going to be doing an audiobook. The I will be posting. I'm going to on to. Um, I was really inspired by an author, Derek Silvers. He wrote a Hell Yeah or No, great book. Uh, but he po- he posted the whole thing on his website as chapters, and it's like oh, you cool. know what, get okay. the information out there. That's going to be great. So I intend to put the whole thing on my website as well as doing the classic like Kindle and everything. Okay. But uh, we are looking at the end of May for 2022 all right so uh, if you want to check it out an ugly design career i think it's going to be an awesome book uh the uncommon guide to becoming an always in demand designer for apps websites and ui by the one and only trevor alexander get it at uglydesigncareer.com and we'll post all this stuff in the show notes trevor anything else you want to plug you got going on before we get out of here anything else you want to talk you want to mention that's the main focus and yeah just honest to say like the appreciate it so much like i was taking a bunch of episodes in so then to actually be able to come on and speak with you guys today has been just fantastic thank you so much for having me well we are we are excited to have you You derek you got anything to add absolutely no i just want to thank you it's it's been i mean i don't know how we do this jeremy (laughs) we do we keep getting better guests every time (laughs) don't tell don't tell tell our last don't tell the other the other but we do I don't uh, know stop listening possible. to your show because the next yeah. guest that's better than me. I'm not yeah. going to because look, yeah, I have to tell you, this like, is the trend, Trevor. Like, listen, we had, know, we had this jerk on know. last time. We <laughs> thought he was good. 
<laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. This is all influence, right? Like tying it back to what we talked about today. Uh-huh. Yep. I'm trying to be a grown-up here. Yep. I, I, this is rare. <laughs> this is rare, guys. Um, tying it back. Like, you talk to one person. They're like, I dig it. Mm-hmm. Why don't you talk to this other person? I dig it. Why don't you talk to this other person? And they're all friends. So, like, they're recommending people yeah. who they That's value. Great. You know? And this is, we've had people on because of that connection sometimes we randomly reach out but these are people who've influenced me or jeremy so So it's awesome to have you trevor it's been so check out trevor are you on twitter and stuff all that you want to give a shout out to your twitter handle everybody yeah sure the really just learning that platform honestly like it's probably showing my age but trying to get into a lot more so the at alexander trevor okay i yeah uh, derek handles all the tweets i um i don't i stay away from twitter tiktok facebook (laughs) all that crap uh, I am on LinkedIn only because you know it's it's work and stuff. But uh, gotta be. Derek does the tweets, so Derek's the okay. tweeting master. Mostly basketball, sometimes oh, yeah. software, um, other times so fart jokes. Six four guy the other day. <laughs> 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 so if you like, if you're into basketball, like I kind of like software. Opinions. Follow us on uh, <laughs> follow us on Twitter, uh, Retro Time Pod. <laughs> uh, get yourself some stickers. RetroTimePodcast.com/stickers. Don't forget, everybody out there, if you leave a five star review, the one and only Derek Siebert. We'll write you your very own review jam. So check it out. Check us out at RetroTimePodcast.com. Sign up for the newsletter, all that stuff. Derek, I think that's it. I am done. Take it easy, everybody. That's my sign-off. Hugo and the Impossible Thing by Renee Felice Smith and Chris Gabriel. Illustrated by Sidney Hansen. At the edge of the forest stood the Impossible Thing. It was a jumbled mess of giant boulders, thorny mazes, raging rivers, and towering cliffs. The animals in the forest often wondered what was beyond the impossible thing, but no one knew because getting through it would be impossible. And because everyone said it was impossible, no animal ever tried. Until one day, a curious little dog named Hugo sat near the edge of the impossible thing and thought to himself, How do we know the impossible thing is impossible if no one's ever tried to get through it? On his way home, Hugo visited his friend Mr. Bear, who was lumbering around in his cave. Hey, Mr. Bear, said Hugo, do you think I could make it through the impossible thing? Of course not, Mr. Bear replied. If anyone could make it through the impossible thing, it would be someone big and strong like me. Have you ever tried? asked Hugo. Well, no, admitted Mr. Bear. Because the impossible thing is impossible. I see, said Hugo. Well, tomorrow I think I'm going to try. Hugo visited Little Fox, who was pondering in her den. Hey, Little Fox, said Hugo. Do you think I could make it through the impossible thing? No way, scoffed Little Fox. If anyone could make it through the impossible thing, it'd be someone quick and clever like me. Have you ever tried? asked Hugo. Not a chance, said Little Fox because I'm clever enough to know impossible things are impossible. I see, said Hugo. Well, tomorrow I think I'm going to try. Hugo visited Miss Otter, who was bathing in her pond. Hey, Miss Otter, said Hugo. Do you think I could make it through the impossible thing? I'm sorry, but no, Miss Otter replied. If anyone could make it through the impossible thing, it'd be a skilled swimmer like me. Have you ever tried? asked Hugo. Of course not, said Miss Otter. It's just as they say, impossible. I see, said Hugo. Well, tomorrow I think I'm going to try. Hugo visited old Mr. Goat, who was balancing on a branch way up in his tree. Hello there, old Mr. Goat, said Hugo. Do you think I could make it through the impossible thing? Definitely not, old Mr. Goat grumbled. 
If anyone could make it through the impossible thing, it would be an expert climber like me. Have you ever tried? asked Hugo. Why would I? replied old Mr. Goat. I've lived in this forest longer than anyone, and the impossible thing has always been impossible. That's what I've heard, said Hugo. Well, tomorrow I think I'm going to try. As curious little Hugo began to fall asleep that night, he thought to himself, Everyone keeps telling me the impossible thing is impossible, but no one has ever tried to make it through the impossible thing. Even though I'm not as big and strong as Mr. Bear, or as quick and clever as Little Fox, and I can't swim like Miss Otter, or climb like old Mr. Goat, I still feel like I have to try. And so, Hugo drifted off to sleep and dreamt of the impossible thing and what might lie beyond it, and of being the first in the forest to get through it. The next morning, Hugo stopped by old Mr. Goat's tree, but he wasn't there. He passed Miss Otter's pond, but she wasn't there. Little Fox wasn't in her den. Mr. Bear wasn't in his cave. When Hugo finally arrived at the edge of the forest, he was surprised to find Mr. Bear, Little Fox, Miss Otter, and old Mr. Goat waiting for him. In all the years I've lived in the forest, explained Mr. Bear, everyone has always said getting through the impossible thing was impossible. Yes, agreed Little Fox. So no one ever thought to try. Until you, Hugo. Miss Otter grinned. So if you really want to try, grumbled old Mr. Goat, we will help you, Mr. Bear assured him. Hugo looked to his friends and smiled. Let's try to make it through the impossible thing together. And wouldn't you know it, with the help of big and strong Mr. Bear, Hugo and his friends moved the giant boulders. With the help of quick and clever little fox, Hugo and his friends found their way through the tricky thorny maze. With the help of sweet Miss Otter, Hugo and his friends swam all the way across the raging rivers. And with the help of grumpy old Mr. Goat, Hugo and his friends climbed all the way up the towering cliffs. When old Mr. Goat nudged Hugo up to the very top of the tallest towering cliff, Hugo became the first in the forest ever to make it through the impossible thing. And there, just beyond the peak of the impossible thing, was the most perfect place in all the forest. The sun was warmer and the shade was cooler. The berries were sweeter and the grass was greener. Hugo, Mr. Bear, Little Fox, Miss Otter, and Old Mr. Goat spent the rest of their day there and many days after. And from that day on, thanks to curious little Hugo and the most supportive friends, the impossible thing became known as the extremely difficult but absolutely positively possible thing. The End That was Hugo and the Impossible Thing by Renee Felice Smith and Chris Gabriel, illustrated by Sydney Hansen.